Bonjour et bienvenue à Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where geographically diverse pals have a few drinks and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Ben David Griffiths, and today I'm drinking water. And locked in with me today, we have. Je suis Alid et je bois de vin rouge. Um, hi, I'm Chris. I'm drinking uh, Coke Zero. I don't, I don't speak any French. So, how does it work? Each week, we'll get locked into one of the infinite escape rooms, many themed escape rooms. We'll have to solve a series of puzzles in order to escape. If we don't escape within an hour, then terrible things shall befall us. And if we break anything, we will lose our deposit. Are we ready? We. Oui. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm the uh, the Brexit supporting character from the Brexit episode. I wish I was good with uh, other languages. This week, large iron girders surround us. There's a distinct smell of garlic and an air of wonder that our surroundings are still standing. We must be at the Eiffel Tower. There's a note that says if we take longer than one hour, we won't be allowed back into the UK. No extensions. The security gates are locked with three whimsical padlocks. Let's escape. Okay, so I believe we find ourselves in the Esplanade. And this is my puzzle. You stand underneath the majestic, c'est magnifique, Eiffel Tower. Around you, you can see the four pillars, north, south, east and west. What would you like to look at first? Could we go and have a look at the north pillar, please? Certainly. That's awkward. I haven't written anything down for the north one. <laughs> it, it, it appears very normal and regular. <laughs> Shit, hang on. One, two, three. Oh, I have. Wait, no, it's fine. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. Anyway, so you walk up to the north pillar and find that there is a bust on a pedestal. It is a bust of a lady's bust made of iron, painted gold. And on the pedestal it's mounted on, there seems to be a hole which looks rather dirty and well-worn. Okay, is there any um, any plaque? There is no plaque. How big are, is the bust? D-cup. D-cup. Were you after something more than that, Chris? Or... <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'm stopping there. Awesome. Um, well, I suppose, uh, is that all that's kind of um, of interest around the North Pillar? It appears to be. Cool. Um, shall we work our way clockwise, Chris? Yep, yeah, fine. Yeah, Could we go to the East Pillar, please? At the East Pillar, you find a convenience store. Oh, convenient. Very. As with all French convenience stores, it is filled with baguettes and onions. Um, fresh onions or fried? Fresh in packs of two. Lovely. And baguettes, fresh or fried? Fresh. Are they in packs of two? No, they are singles. Ah, right. It's like hot dogs, isn't it? Where you get more hot dogs in a packet than you'd get I was rolls. just thinking it's missing a sausage. Like, you've got everything you need for a nice sausage sandwich there, other than the actual sausages. So just, just onions and baguettes? Correct. Red onions or white onions? A mixture. Ooh. Hmm. Um, this, it doesn't seem particularly convenient, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it feels like I'm going to go to another shop to get the other things I need. It feels like a tourist trap, doesn't it? Quite possibly, yes. Uh, okay. Um, ben, how much will I have to pay you to eat an onion? Oh, n- n- nothing. I'll eat an onion any day. <laughs> eat an onion. <laughs> <laughs> when, I'm, uh, when I'm chopping up onions to, um, to, to put in food, I will often uh, have a piece. You're... you're... You're cheesing. No, I can't. I can't verb it. It doesn't work. That's what you're supposed to do with cheese. Oh, I do that with cheese as well. I, I do it with an awful lot of foods, <laughs> to be honest. Tasting for poison. <laughs> a bit for me, a bit for the dish. <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, could we move on then, please, to the south pillar? Certainly. So on the south pillar, there is a key box with a four-digit combination lock on it and nothing else of note. Right. 
And I suppose next, to the West Pillar, please. Upon approaching the West Pillar, you find that there is an information centre. The information centre is closed, but has a box outside that contains a complimentary beret, along with, pausing for dramatic effect, a note. Is it a post-it note? It is not. Would you like to read the note? Yes. Do either of you understand French? No. No. Then it's a good thing it's written in English. (laughs) (laughs) The note reads, Guided tours are not currently being conducted. Entry only permitted with appropriate headgear. Get the key from the south pillar. Okay. Is there only one beret? There is. Can I put it on? You can. Does anything happen? You are now wearing a beret, Chris. Yes! I, I, I don't know what else is going to do. You look so magnifique. <laughs> is there, would there happen to be um, any kind of opening times or closing times on the shop door, on the information door? There are not. Okay. So I'm not yet sure, Chris, mm-hmm. what we have to put in the combination lock for the key. No, I'm not either. But could we go back to the convenience store, please, and pick up a baguette and a pack of onions? Of course. You now have a baguette and a pack of two onions. Can right, Chris, if you could hold these a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you look a picture. I yeah, I've got the bray, the baguette, and the onions. Can we can we now go to the uh, the gold bust? You can. Um, can I just cop a feel? <laughs> if you like. Yeah, I just want to, I might it might do something. Let's give it a try. Can I just clarify what are you copping a feel of? Of the bust. Sure. You uh, you cop a feel of the bust. You feel it's very solid. Oh, um, too yeah. firm. Firm but cold, I think. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> that doesn't seem to work. This um, this aperture that you had pr- previously mentioned, is it big enough for a baguette or an onion? Aperture? Hole. Yeah. Where, where was the aperture? What? Oh, the one in the pedestal that looks rather dirty oh. and well-worn. Indeed. There's one way to find out. Wait, there's a there's a there's a dirty, well worn hole underneath the statue of a bust. There is. How did you not get this the first time, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I blanked out in that one because I would have been giggling. Like, I don't, I don't know why I'm not giggling. Anyway, um, what do you want to try first? The uh, the onions or the? I'm going to try my my big baguette in the in the well worn hole. You insert the baguette into the dirty hole. You give it a good thrust, and as it goes. All the way in, a post-it note pops out from the bust. The post-it note has numbers on it. The numbers read 1923. Uh, could we uh, trundle over to the south pillar, please, uh, to the key box, and set the combination lock to 1923? You can. You insert the digits 1923 into the lock, and the box opens to reveal... An Eiffel Tower-shaped key. You have found the Gustav key. Yay! You have solved the puzzle and gained entry to the Eiffel Tower. Fantastic. I like how the solution to the puzzle was basically thrusting my big baguette (laughs) into a wild warm hole. I said you'd be drawing another penis, didn't I? (laughs) I was, um, I, I mean, the whole thing was just magnificent, though I was rather concerned that it was slightly crusty. <laughs> oh! Do you know what? I was going to put something in there about the hole being crusty, but I thought, no, that's a bit too far. You enter the lift and it takes you up to the top of the tower. 
and you step out and find yourself in a cage platform that's uh brain i was almost there it was all good as you step out you find yourself in a cage platform about wide enough for two to three people the platform appears to stretch around the entire tower and there are viewing telescopes at regular intervals around the tower what would you like to do hmm. how many viewing telescopes um do we think there's going to be um, there's about three on each side and one in the corners because it's a square viewing platform all the way around. So I make that 12... Plus one. Um, 16? No, three on each wall, so there's one in the middle. I made that 13. Um, 12 on the perimeter, one inside? 12, 12 plus four because it's three times four. Ah. Because it's a square platform essentially with a... Well, you can't get into the centre, it's just walking around the edge. And there's three on each side and then one in each corner. Shall could we... we... Oh, after, you. after you? No, because you, you seem to have a natural idea. Not, not so much. Um, can we look inside the top left-hand corner's telescope? The top left-hand corner's telescope. Okay, so approaching that telescope, you find that it's coin-operated, but the coin slot's been sealed up. And looking into the telescope, you find it's completely dark. Okay. I'm wondering then... Shall we try and move around the telescope, Sally, to see... Um, Shall we divide like, and conquer? Clock? Well, Chris might struggle with that on an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think Alad was suggesting that while I go around maybe clockwise, he goes counterclockwise, and I th- thought that might break you. <laughs> it's it's going to get a bit complicated doing that. Would, <laughs> would you like to examine all of the telescopes? If we could, yeah. If we if we go, uh, yeah, clockwise, please. That would be lovely from the top left. So you go down the uh, next side, the, the vertical side. Uh, oh, vertical. It was going to be vertical in real life. I just got my drawing in front of me. <laughs> you go around the corner, down that side, and they're all sealed up. And then around the corner again, and in the middle, you see there's one particular telescope that is blue and is not sealed up, and it requires a one euro coin to operate. So you keep going round. You find the next side, they're all sealed up. And then you're back on the side you started on and directly opposite the door you came out of for the lifts is a red telescope, which also requires a one euro coin to operate. Just um, as an aside, I have found it kind of weird that... um, I have seen people do this with pound sterling, but I see it mostly with euro, is that they put the the currency sign after 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 the value. Yes. I've just Which done I find that. kind of odd. <laughs> it makes sense for the characters for me. If you do e, is it e, e, I, e, U, R, that makes sense. But the symbol should always come first. Mm. That's that's kind of my feeling. But I, yeah, I've seen lots of people do, I suppose quite literally, like one euro rather than euro one. Yeah. Which is kind of what the symbol implies. But I find it weird. Okay, so we've got a red one and a blue one. Could we, seeing as we're at the red one, could we take a... a, a Glance through the uh, red telescope, please, and see what we can see. Uh, well, you, you go to the red telescope, and again, it's still all dark looking through it. Uh, it still has a one euro coin slot uh, waiting possibly to activate it. Hmm. Okay, so we need euros. Can we check the floor for any coins that have been dropped? Yeah, looking around the floor, you find two one euro coins that appear to have been dropped by a previous visitor. Probably early hey. in the Fantastic. What would you like to do now? Well, we got two euros to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't believe it's that cheap in the middle of Paris. <laughs> yeah, not even a half pint there. 
<laughs> Half pint to share. Can you imagine that? Sipping that. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> could we uh, could we plop uh, one of the euros into the red telescope, please, and take a gander? So inserting single coin into the telescope, you find it activates. However, it appears locked in position. And looking through the red telescope, you can see a beautiful view across Paris. And in the distance appears to be a figure with two brightly coloured flags. They are repeating the same actions again and again. Oh, what? What action? Uh, for the red person, he is holding the flags at uh, a diagonal angle. From your perspective, it's the top right to bottom left. Then he's holding them both above his head directly. And then he's moving to, the, to above his head, but, but at an angle. And then he's moving them to below him at an angle. Ah, oh, shit. And then it repeats. Ah, oh, shit. What? That's that thing, isn't it? Semaphore signals. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got, um, we can see him going diagonally top right to bottom left. Yep. Then two straight up into the air. Yep. Then two up but angled. Yep. And then two lower but angled. Yep. As if, if you overlaid if you overlaid the last two, it would kind of be an X. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay, right. That's okay. that's that's that. Um okay, could we please go across to the blue telescope, pop the UN Euro in and have a little look through that. So please? looking through the blue telescope, you again see this beautiful view out across Paris, and the distance appears to be figured with two brightly coloured blue flags. And they are repeating the same actions again and again. This time it's uh they're doing a, a line, so one arm down, one arm straight up, and then two arms outstretched in the middle and then again we have that uh two hands up in the air and two hands down below with that same x pattern up at an angle and then down at an angle what did you say that was like there's that flag language isn't there semaphore semaphore i know nothing about semaphore i do want to be very careful to to add here no prior knowledge (laughs) right looking around the platform are we able to find our own flags? Uh, no, you can't find any flags on the platform. Are we oh. able to... We're not able to move the telescopes at all, are we? No, you can't move them. But... What else would you like to do? Can we turn them? No. Can... Can we tilt them up and down? No. Um, so we can't turn them, we can't tilt them. Can we mount them? <laughs> you want to jump on top of the telescope? No, I'm, I'm actually quite terrified of heights, so... Um... So let Alan do it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have no fear of heights. It's fine. I'll jump on the telescope. So as you as you mount the telescope, you, something catches your eye just sort of round the front base of the telescope. I thought you were going to say something catches your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> which, which telescope have you mounted? The blue one. As you mount it, you can just see towards the front and this label catches your eye. You get down and have a look, and you find it's a sticker stuck to the front of the telescope, uh, and it's a key to how various actions relate to uh, numbers. And it is written... Let me get this right. The the sticker is written in red. Okay. Okay. Uh, So zero has the flags pointing down at an angle. One has the flags diagonally from the top right to the bottom left. Two has the flags up at an angle. Three has the flags straight out. Four has the flags up in the uh, straight up in the air. And five has the flags at a right angle. As in one arm up, one arm out. Uh, one arm up, and what? Yeah, the uh, the arm towards the pointing towards the right is is out. Okay, just to make so the sorry when we looked through the blue telescope, the first action that we saw was one arm up, one arm down. 
Yes, but these relate to the red telescope, Ben. That's no, that that that's that's fine. It's just that a lot of the um, most of the instructions also um, would would look like it could be applied to the blue as well. Uh, so I was just kind of making sure that I had heard everything else correctly. I believe you have. Cool. I suppose it's uh, well. Okay, I'll um, I'll brave the height and could I uh, go and mount? The I mean, you don't red... have to mount it. You just happen to catch it out of the corner of your eye. You can just look around it. It's just on. The oh, plate. if I could, yeah, if I could look around it, then that would be cool. On the red red telescope, please. Okay, and you find a blue sticker, and this time uh, you have. Oh, I've just spotted a mistake. One second. <laughs> Okay, on the blue sticker, you can see the zero, and that's uh, one arm straight up and the other arm out to the left. And then you have two arms in diagonals up in the air is a one, two arms straight out is a two, an arm out to the left and an arm diagonally down to the right is a three two arms straight down is a four and an arm straight up in the air and straight down is a five okay mm, i think we're a number short there are are we no we're good are you, are you happy so for the blue telescope i've got five two one four in order and for the red telescope i've got one four two zero in order okay that's what i've got aside from for the blue telescope um i thought that the last hand action was down diagonal and i thought four was da- was straight down no the last was, action i've got four, four is two down straight down oh. what for for the blue telescope well for both telescopes the actions are the, the last two actions are the same it's then, arms yes. diagonally up and arms diagonally down for both yes and both sorry codes. on the red telescope i thought we saw on the blue sticker Yep. that um, a four was two straight down. No, four is two diagonally down. Right, sorry, that's um, that's fine. What cool. would you like to do now? Um, Leave. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to do that? <laughs> so we've not seen anywhere to put some kind of numbers. No. Have but we have we've only looked around the perimeter telescopes, haven't we? We've looked around the perimeter of the platform, but, yes. But we have not looked in the center ones. Could we have a look around the center, please, Chris? So you go around the center and you get to where the blue telescope is, and opposite the blue telescope is a door, and the door is marked exit. Next to the door is a small lock box, and there's a code pad on it with two screens. One um. screen is blue and the other is red. Below the screen is a keypad with a number zero to five on it. Ah. So if we were to put a number in, does it look like it would go into the red one or the blue one first? Uh, the blue one is highlighted. Okay. Blue one is highlighted. So shall we try and put five two one four into the into the pad pad first? Yeah, I think so. So you put five two one four into the pad and move down to the red code. Okay. And Ben, should we put in one four two zero? Sounds good to me. You put in one four two zero. You hear click and open the lockbox. Inside, you find the semaphone key. Hey! Well done. You have solved the puzzle. I mean, how long have we got to do your puzzle, Ben? We have got about twenty minutes. <laughs> we should we could crack potentially on. be okay then. It's Ben. It's a Ben puzzle. Do you not remember the changing rooms? Do you not remember all of your puzzles? <laughs> go on then okay and the exit door that chris had mentioned uh, across from the blue telescope seems to have opened 
We go through it and we find ourselves in Gustav Eiffel's private apartment. The door has clicked shut behind us. The apartment is quite small. It's a, a small square room. You can see that there are there's a pillow in the middle of the room, uh, which appears to just be sort of structural. A structural pillow? A structural pillar. Oh, pillar? Yes, a large tubular... <laughs> um, <laughs> tubular pillar. Got it. Uh, yes, a large tubular pillar in the centre of the room, which appears uh, to be structural. Not a pipe. Not a pipe. Got you. Um, there is two... Set, set sort of almost in front of the door, rather inconveniently placed, uh, are two armchairs. To the left of the door... There is a grandfather clock. Moving around the room, in the corner, is a small round table. Moving further around the room, there's a sofa. On the left-hand wall, on the left-hand wall, is a fireplace with a fire lit in the grate. There appears to be some tools next to it. And on the top wall, uh, the, the wall that you're sort of standing at, there appears to be a bookcase. What would you like to do? Chris, shall we have a look at the grandfather clock first? Yeah, go on. So the grandfather clock looks very decorative, very uh, 1880s, lovely, uh, lovely dark wood. Um, it looks to all intents and purposes like any other grandfather clock, aside from the fact that the hours go up to 26 and the single hand is pointing to 26. And it's 26 at the top of the clock face, bottom of the clock face? It's sort of around about where one would normally be. Okay. And... The door on the front of the clock, does it open? Uh, no, it does not. Is the, is the clock face exposed so we can change the hand? No, it's behind glass. Is the glass on a hinge? It doesn't appear to be, no. Okay. Hmm. Is there a keyhole to open the front door? Uh, no. Can we go over and have a look at the tools, please? The, the tools for the fire? Yeah. You, uh, you see that there's a, a little brush... There is a small shovel-like object um, and a pair of tongs. Okay. Can I search all the furniture? I want to like take up all the pillows and like, really, get, <laughs> really get in there. I'm going to get any of the like the spare change in there. Anything. Okay, fantastic. Like, shall we start with the two comfy chairs yep. in front of the door? Yep. Fab. So the one closest to the door, uh, you have a rummage through that. Uh, aside for some uh, some very hard crumbs, mm. you don't find anything in in the pillows there. Okay. Uh, the next one, you, you have a rummage around, and uh, you are now the proud owner of about five francs. Looks like they've been there for, for quite some time. And you have a rummage around the sofa. Uh, again, you find some crumbs, and, and it's quite dusty back there, but um, but nothing else to note. Okay. You said the fire was actually lit. It is. Just to clarify, that does mean the fire is alight and not just well cool the the uh, <laughs> the fire is fiery if you touch it you will get burnt okay. can we see anything within the flames you gaze into the flames and you contemplate your existence and then you're back in the room you <laughs> can we go have a look at the bookcase please you can indeed the uh, the bookcase uh, is filled with books like like snugly you know not not as if this was designed for the books in it the uh, books have no writing on the spines aside from numbers. Across the top is, uh, how many shall I say? You get uh, 30 books to a line, shall we say, and there are easily eight lines of, eight, eight shelves of books. Okay. And the numbers on the, are there numbers on the books you said? Yes. The numbers on the spines, yeah, yes. Can you tell right. us how the numbers go? Are they like one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, or are they all over the place? 
Uh, well, I would. Uh, we're in uh, we're in Paris, so I presume they go un deux trois rather than one two three. But um, sure, yes, they, <laughs> they go sequential one through they two. Sequential starting from one. Do they yes. continue to increment on the next row down, or are they? They do indeed. So if okay. at the end of the first shelf you get thirty, next shelf down you get thirty-one. Okay. Yeah. Right. Can I pull out on the top shelf book number three? You can. Does anything happen? No. Can I, can I just nap? confirm the last book is book two forty? Uh, it is. Yes. Karen. Can I now pull out on the second <laughs> shelf book number one? So you're pulling out book 31? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're all numbered. They're all yeah, all of numbered. course. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the ta- there was a table, wasn't there? There was. There was a little round table I, in the corner. Can I go have a look at the little round table in the corner, please? You can. Uh, you see on it a very decorative model of the Arc de Triomphe. Is there anything under the table, under the feet of the table have you hidden anything anywhere near it no no the table is quite ordinary there doesn't appear to be anything underneath it you even uh, lie on the floor and look at the very bottom of the table there's nothing on the bottom of the table the uh, the little model you note is uh, is on a little sort of um plinth i suppose like a small like uh, stage or something and does that plinth have a date of manufacture or any sort of numerical value on it uh, it doesn't, no, uh, but uh, so you check the bottom of it because I knew that's where you were going to go next. Mm. And uh, you just happen to note that the uh, the, the model uh, seems to be sort of spot welded or, or welded in some fashion to the little plinth. But there's no, no writing on the bottom. Hmm. Okay. Is there anything on the pillar? Paint. Any number paint? Is it Faro and Ball? <laughs> 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 um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Darn. When was the Eiffel Tower built? Oh, I know that. It's in 1887. Okay. Can we take off the books 18 and 87 from the the bookshelf? Uh, You can if you like. Yeah. Anything happen? Nope. Can I open some of these books up, see what's in them? You can, yes. Book 18 has got some French writing on the front and has lots of French writing inside. And 87, wasn't it? 87 uh, is much the same, to be honest. You, You can't distinguish them. Oh, right. Okay. Can we... Oh, goodness. Right. Top shelf, book one. Take it off. Second shelf, book nine. Take it off. Right. Third shelf, book two. Right. Fourth shelf, book three. Right. What are you doing? 1923. Sure, whatever. Okay. You've got four books. Nothing happens, obviously. Done. (laughs) Where did you get 1923 from? It's the date (laughs) of Gustav Eiffel's death there's no death certificate in the room if that helps okay right what's on the clock sorry what's the clock face set to 26 can we can we get book 26 you can do uh you take book 26 off the shelf and this doesn't have french writing on the front it says ferrum fantastica where and does it have anything inside it you open the book and it falls, funnily enough, to uh, to page 26. There's a, a little bit that's a small passage that's, that's highlighted with, uh, with a pencil underline that says, Some old model welding can be melted in a fire. Oh. Oh. Right. Right. Chuck, so chuck the Arctic tree on no, 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 the we fire. Need the, well, we need the tongs. Ask we don't now. We're going to gently place the Arctic Triumph model into the fire, and then we're going to fetch it back out with the tongs before the whole thing's melted. I see. So you place the Arctic Triumph model into the fire. 
you have to wait a little while. It's quite a heavy iron uh, model, and it takes a while for the iron to warm up. But after a short period of time, you hear little pops as the small spots of welding melt and the Arc de Triomphe slightly falls away from the base. Okay, so we can pick up the Arc de Triomphe now and give it a proper inspection. Is there anything in it or around it that gives us additional information? As you lift it with the tongs Mm. from the fire, uh, you notice that there's a curious rattle about it and that the two feet of the model are open. As you fetch out, a key falls onto the floor. You have found the Arc de Quillant. And you have solved my puzzle. (laughs) I like it. (sighs) That was very punny. It's just for you, Chris. Just for you. I'm in so much pain. So with our final key, we make it out back onto the viewing platform, down the lift, and to the security gates, where we insert the three keys into the whimsical padlocks, and we escape. Yay! And there we are. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and also on our website, theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter, at tier underscore podcast. We'd love to have feedback and to hear where the Infinite Escape Room should take us next. If you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you did, we'd be much obliged if you would give us a rating and a bit of a review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope to see you next time for another Infinite Escape Prime. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. <laughs>